G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of Free Kick, the AFLW fantasy podcast. And I have a very, very special guest with me here today. It is Mel, back for her first Clubs in Days episode. How's it going, Mel? It is going good. Oh, how I've missed hearing you and Liam be like, how's it going? At the start of every episode. I'm very happy to be back. I've been away for far too long on holiday, but I'm keen to get straight back into the middle of the Clubs and Days and all things AFLW Fantasy. Yes, it's very, very exciting. And we're now halfway through our series. We're moving on to the second half of the team's. Today is a big episode with Hawthorne. So, Mel, I'm going to let you talk about Hawthorne. How'd they go last season in their first season? Yes. So, it is a little bit of a shame to be talking about the Hawks without Jono here from uh, last season on the pod, uh, his favourite team. But Hawks were the second best of the expansion club. So, we've already spoken about Essendon, who kind of pulled away a little bit out of the four clubs that came into season seven. So Hawks did okay. They finished 15th on the ladder with 3-7, but the three consecutive wins were for the three teams that kind of fell below them on the ladder, uh, being the other two expansion clubs, as we kind of expected, Sydney and Port, and of course, West Coast, who just seem to live down there. The big news for Hawks uh, was the two major ins that they got from Brisbane. So bringing over Batesy, which was huge, (laughs) and and an early announcement as well. That was massive. So Emily Bates coming in, as well as... Greta Bodie, who's coming in in the forward line. In terms of their outs, just a, a couple of notable ones here. We had Eliza Shannon, defender, moving over to North, uh, as well as Jess Duffin, who retired, so leaving a bit of a gap in that back line there for, for Hawthorne. But that breeds a lot of exciting opportunity. Yeah, it sure does. And, yeah, they're, they're a team that have recruited some pretty big names, as you said there, Mel. <laughs> so it's going to be super interesting to see how they go uh, in the following season. We've seen they've got a big midfielder inclusion in Emily Bates, but we actually had the chance to sit down with one of their young emerging midfielders earlier to have a chat about her her team and how they're going to go this season. Mel, would you care to introduce us? Yes, we did. Uh, you and I got to have a beautiful chat with Charlotte Baskaran. So let's listen, listen to that now. How's it going, everyone? I'm Mel and you're listening to Free Kick. Today, I'm joined by Will, but also Charlotte Ascaran, a midfielder for Hawthorne who debuted in Season 7 um, after being picked, I think, ninth and third for the Hawks uh, recently. Um, Charlotte's made a massive impact since she started in the team, playing all 10 games last season. Um, so, very excited to have you on. How's it going, Charlotte? I'm good. How are you guys? Very well, thank you. We're well. Pre-season's just started. How are you feeling about your second pre-season? Yeah, pretty excited. Um, We've had our first kind of two weeks um, at the club and um, getting stuck into training, which has been awesome and welcomed in a few new girls this year. So, um, yeah, just getting kind of stuck into things and getting prepared for the season ahead. So we might start a little bit with you and your journey. It's been uh, a fascinating one. So I was doing a bit of research before this interview and I found an amazing quote. You've been quoted as being the embodiment of several development years in the elite talent pathways. So you've had four, four consecutive years in the um, in the NAB Girls League and because of that, you've been able to develop really well and really quickly. So, um, you know, massive last year in 2022 as captain, taking the Western Jets to finals. So like for a, for a footy career, it's already gone up and up and up and it's amazing. And then you come into the AFLW and absolutely smash it. Um, how did you find that type of pathway and how do you feel like that pathway is helping to develop kind of elite superstars being so young? 
Yeah. Um, now being at the Western Jets and kind of the NAB pathway helped me heaps. Um, I mean, the coaching and development that I had throughout um, with a couple of different coaches in the program was amazing. And um, yeah, following kind of the footsteps of girls who I also look up to now in the AFLW um, has been really important. And I think, yeah, just me striving to be um, my best and, you know, help the other girls in the program as well. Like, as you said, being captain um, of the last year was really cool. Um, and obviously getting into the grand final and winning it just kind of topped everything off. But um, yeah, helping the other girls and developing them as well. Um, we all kind of had a common goal and um, yeah, without pathways like them, I definitely wouldn't be here today. And um, yeah, just enjoyed the journey that I've had. Um, and yeah, I just can't wait till what the future holds. How was the move from the the girls league to the AFLW? I suppose we've talked a bit about how you were part of quite an established uh, team at the Western Jets, which was quite successful. And then you're moving into a, a brand new team in Hawthorne. What was sort of the the big challenges in moving into that AFLW um, arena for you? Um, yeah, I suppose being last year, our year was kind of unique because a lot of us, well, all of us were at high school still. So um, kind of balancing school um, and being at the club and training was pretty difficult, um, especially because I wasn't 18 until December. So my poor parents had to drive me everywhere and um I'm very grateful for that. But yeah, I suppose the challenge that we had and I had especially was, yeah, school and footy. And um, the club was really great at helping us handle and manage our load. And um, yeah, they were there to support us if we needed it. And um, yeah, um, I think that was probably the biggest challenge overall. And coming into a new team and not knowing anyone um, and us as a first year club being um, integrated into season seven was it was all, it was a challenge for all of us. And um, I think we all took it on really well and um, kind of set our brand of footy and how Hawthorne want to play as a team. And um, no, super proud of everyone last year and how we kind of started it off and yeah, just going to build from there. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I guess I have to ask, is mum still driving you to, to training these days? Uh, no, she's lucky. Mum <laughs> and dad are both out of it now. So I've got my license and I'm yeah, driving myself over there. <laughs> Very good. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, so obviously, like you mentioned, there was a lot of 17-year-olds last year. Um, now that you are kind of finished with high school, how how do you feel like that, I guess, lack of balance of school and footy is going to feel for you this season? And, like, what are you balancing instead? Are you balancing, like, work or what's on with you? Um, yeah, so I'm currently at uni uh, studying and um, obviously just training as well, not working at the moment, just kind of focusing on managing those two. Um, and at the moment, it's going really well. Um, the uni that I'm at has a program where it's set up and I'm really enjoying the structure of it. So, um, yeah, managing them hasn't been too much of an issue, but heading into, I suppose, you know, the busier times in season and um, the rest of pre-season will interesting and um I think yeah just for me staying in communication and um yeah just understanding what I need to do before I get to training so then training is you know my mind's strictly on that um I think that's really important to yeah manage what I need to outside of footy and then yeah get to footy and just enjoy it yeah, and, and the Hawks list has got quite a lot of really young superstars coming through it. Alongside yourself, you've got players like Jazz Fleming and Mackenzie Eardley. Has their journey and their, their similar, you know, 
not really struggles, but they're they're having to juggle school and now uni. Has that been sort of a solidifying thing for you for you as a group? Um, I suppose last year for our seventeen year olds, yeah, we um we obviously didn't have as many contact hours at the club. Um, but this year, you know, we're there four days a week and we're training really hard. And um, I suppose as a group. And as everyone as well, everyone's working, everyone's got their own kind of thing that they're doing outside of footy. So um, I think that everyone is just kind of managing what they need to do. And um, yeah, seeing everyone at the club, everyone is pretty determined and focused as a whole. And um, yeah, we all support each other. And I think that's the most important thing is that um, we get around each other if if anything's up and um, yeah, we just kind of build from there. Yeah, that's fantastic. And moving on to sort of season eight, I suppose, you've got some really big name-ins this season. You've got, you know, W Award winner Emily Bates coming in, Greta Bodie, who's a fantastic uh, goal kicker coming from a very successful team in the Brisbane Lions. Has there been a lot of talk about how they're going to fit in? And in terms of your role, is it more just natural growth to help complement those sorts of senior stars? Um, Yeah, definitely. I mean, I suppose them two coming in, um, has been a bit of a change and I definitely look up to someone like Beitsu, who's obviously a very experienced midfielder and someone that I um, would love to be one day. And she's just got so much knowledge and um, yeah, she just, she's so determined and she works so hard. So I think I just, yeah, she's a bit of a role model and for her to be playing at the Hawks is really exciting and coming into this next, this season. So I think that, yeah, just all of us as a whole has really um, adapted and brought them into the program. And, yeah, I think that they're just really good inclusions to the club. Yeah, fantastic. Um, obviously, Batesy, Batesy, one of our favourite players as well to to watch, and she's also outstanding from a fantasy perspective. Um, but I was watching one of your, I think it was maybe your pre-draft little video recording or something, and you were talking about how um, you like Mon Conti's game style and you were, like, thinking about how, uh, you aspire to kind of play like her. She is my favourite player, so I saw that and I was like, well, how exciting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess you've got some amazing kind of established midfielders in the game that you can be watching. Bates, Conti, is there anyone else that you're really trying to like watch and learn from, either like in the Hawks or outside of that? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of players that I kind of look at in different roles and um, their strengths and kind of what I'm good at and um there's, I mean, there's a lot in the competition that I kind of look at, but yeah, I think Mon, who's kind of similar height and similar size to me, and um, I think that she's yeah super talented, and her skills and execution is something that I really look up to, um, and just her ability to find the ball. Um, moving away from the AFL, you actually watch um, the AFL, and I'm a huge Collingwood supporter, so <laughs> I think um, uh, Nick Dacos is a really good player too. Mm. So I kind of look at and. Um, even though he's in the men's, his ability to use his speed um, on the inside and also find it extremely well on the outside is something that I also, um, yeah, kind of role model my game off as well. And, um, yeah, I think it's just super exciting. And, um, yeah, every season, I suppose, everyone grows. And um, I just, yeah, I can't wait to see who who performs really well this year. That's uh, fantastic. And uh, I'm a bit of a Collingwood man myself, so I'm happy to hear that one. Yeah. Um, you, you've got some excellent leaders at your club, um, Hawthorne. You've got Tilly Lucas Fraud, who's been a fantastic captain. Tamara Luke, who's been a, a great leader. And now, of course, Emily Bates. 
What's it been? What's it been like for you learning from those sorts of leaders? Given you have been a premiership captain yourself, what what's there been sort of in the the step up in terms of the leadership roles? Um, yeah, I suppose looking up to them, it's just to see how hard they work. Um, yeah. it's it's really awesome to see, and if you want to kind of get the most out of it and um keep developing, that's that's what you need to do, and to look up to them and see how they go both on and off the field and um, kind of their influence on others. Like I just think that they're, yeah, super determined and they always just strive for everyone to be the best. And, um, yeah, I just I think it's something that I, yeah, really look up to and um, as a person and as a player. Similar to that, you've had a very fast trajectory in a very short amount of time and you're also still quite young. Um, Looking at the kind of the goals that the Hawks got last year, three of them coming from you. That's like a, a tie with some of the up there with some of the highest uh, goal kickers for the season. Um, I'm curious, like given the past trajectory of your growth, what are you looking to work on in season eight? Um, yeah, I suppose as a team, like coming into season seven, there wasn't anything expected from us because we were um, a new team. But I think, yeah, our brand of footy and the way we developed and trained over last year and heading into this year I think we've yeah really established a um a really set game plan and how we go about it and we love to be ferocious we want to be hard to play against and um that's kind of still our brand heading into season eight and um I think yeah just just to be I suppose the best we can be and we we want to be up the top so we're going to do everything we can to to get there and um yeah I suppose we're all just really working hard you said like you know you want to be tough to to play against and we've seen it a bit throughout the AFLW history that coming in as a first year expansion club it's always a bit tough because you do you know need to build that uh synergy amongst your team but it, was that really the message that you came out of last season with is that we want to be a tough football club, we want to be hard to play against? Was that the main thing? And is that how you're looking to improve, I suppose, going into season eight? Uh, yeah, so like our brand of footy is, yeah, pretty much what I said. And, um, yeah, I suppose just being a side where, you know, you you don't really want to play them because you know that they're not going to give up and they're going to keep trying and trying and um, no matter the result, yeah, I think it's just something that we strive ourselves on and, yeah, just to be super hardworking and, um, yeah, never that never never give up mentality is kind of, yeah, what we strive on. Yeah, and following on from that, one of the things that we were really impressed with Hawthorne last season was that you were, you know, even for a young team, pretty miserly in defence. You, you defended the ground really well, even though you had mostly quite young players in there that were playing together for the first time. So it must have been pretty fantastic to have that young defensive group holding holding it together against some pretty offensively strong teams. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we are a pretty young side and although we've got some new experience coming in from, I suppose, the, the older girls, but um, yeah, I think being a young side, we have heaps to learn and mm. um, the coaches are really helping us with that and some of the other experienced players too. And yeah, I think as the first year coming in last season, we, we played really well and probably could have won more, but um, scoreboard didn't quite show our efforts. And um, this year we uh, hopefully that, that will. Yeah. I, I guess the, 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 you know, opposite side of the coin to that is Hawthorne probably struggled a little bit to, to kick a lot of goals. We talked about, has it been a bit of a focus this preseason about 
transitioning that hard to play against defense into a more attacking uh, game style or, or even just more of a plan to kick more goals? Is that something that's been a focus? I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that's always kind of the goal is to get goals and mm. ultimately win the game. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we just want to be really exciting to watch. And um, obviously that comes with kicking goals. So yeah, I suppose heading into season eight, that's something that we want to do. And if we have the ball and um, we're inside 50, we're going to go for it. And yeah, that's kind of what we want is the outcome is to win. So to do that, we need to kick goals. And as, as you said, we've got some new inclusions down there. So it's going to be exciting. Yeah, nice. I wonder how many more goals we'll see from you this season. <laughs> Hopefully, a couple. <laughs> well, yeah. well, your leading your leading goal kicker, Jess Duffin, has uh, has retired. Yeah. So there is a, there is a chance for you down there, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Not as a great mark as her, though. <laughs> okay, so um, for our final question, we like to ask our interviewees um, is around who are you most excited for? Like, which additional players are you most excited for in season eight? Um, and for some context, last season we interviewed Cam Luke, um, and she said Eileen Gilroy. So, and that was a great pick. Uh, so you can't take you can't take Gilroy. <laughs> She's done. Um, yeah. <laughs> season eight. Who's the hawk to watch? Oh, um, oh, that's a good question. Um, I suppose I'm gonna probably go with the obvious one. I mean, Batesy coming into the midfield. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, I think yeah, she's just going to take the ball with her hands and run with it. I think that she's super keen to to come down to the Hawks and, you know, show what show what she's got and um, help us all along and help us grow. So I think her in the midfield, it's going to be, um, yeah, pretty exciting down there to watch, I think. And her experience in that, it's obviously she herself is going to have an impact, but her presence um, and being able to teach some of the younger players around will also have such a like a wide spanning impact on the Hawks. So that's going to be super exciting to watch. Yes. Like definitely. you said, you want to be exciting to watch. There you go. Put base <laughs> in the middle. Sort it. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. Her experiences. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we might wrap it up there. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. That's okay. Um, and we will chat to you later. Of course. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, really great interview there with Charlotte. What do you take from from it there, Mel? Oh, yeah. So, great chat. Um, obviously, she's super keen on Batesy, aren't we all? Which is an interesting uh, dynamic, having a look at my top five and and the order that I've placed Batesy uh, down there towards the bottom. Um, but, you know. Bit of spoilers there, Mel, because we, we are about to get into your top five and you've basically just given away who one of them is. <laughs> so, with that in mind, who's your number one in your top five? Oh, so Lou Stevenson, very exciting player, and especially coming into last season, I remember sitting at a preseason game watching where she was playing. Jono's losing her mind, um, losing his mind. Ended up being <laughs> <laughs> losing her mind. Ended up being uh, a great pick. So coming into this season, she's priced at twenty seven. She's been playing a lot, so she's very experienced. We kind of know what we're going to look for here. She has a decent ceiling up there of sixties, which is hopeful, even though she's quite consistently around the 35 to 50s. She's not the highest scorer, but when you consider that she's priced at 27 and she's usually playing in the 35 to 50s, that means that I'm, I can see five, 10 points of growth coming into this season. So if you're going for the uh, the strategy where you're not going, uh, sorry, if you're going for the strategy where it's more so, where can I see this 10-point growth? I reckon out of the Hawks players, it's got to be Lou Stevenson. 
Yeah, I think it's a great one. You mentioned that it was uh, one of Jono's big picks last season, and unfortunately the, the knee injury meant that it didn't quite pan out, but we saw her playing plenty of midfield time, and midfield time is a player who is listed as a forward in one of the games we're playing and a defender in the other. You've got a value pick on one of those lines, whichever game you're playing. I think it's fairly low risk, and we know that she's going to probably be one of the senior members. She may slot down into that back line. As you said, they've lost a few players there. Regardless, I think you can pretty comfortably assume she's going to score more than that 27 she's priced at. So I think it's a great pick. Thank you. No worries. So, Mel, your number two is someone who we have also had a chat with previously. Yes, it's our interviewee from Season 7, Tamara Luke. So she was really highly owned at the start of last season, which unfortunately fantasy coaches didn't get to have fun with because she hurt herself quite early on um, and went out for the rest of the season with an injury. However, uh, she's now coming back in, so we're seeing underpriced potential here. She's And and kind of like you just said with Lou Stevenson, you're going to get fun out of either game you play because she's not listed as a midfielder in either. We've got a ruck here um, on Marera's Magic and a forward if you're playing the official game. So either way, uh, you're going to get some good scoring in a, in a non-midfield line. Priced at 27, so if you're going with the ruck option, she could be seen as quite cheap there. But then either way, you've got a player that we've been looking forward to seeing play. Yeah, you're right, Mel. I think absolutely wherever she's going to play, whether it be as a forward or a ruck, you've got plenty of value there. Price 27. We saw that uh, Lucy Wales played a lot of that ruck time. So it's a, she's probably a chance to play a fair bit up forward, which whether that's a good thing in a expansion team that's now becoming a bit more developed, I'm not sure it's the best scoring position, but you'd think she'd probably be able to at least bring that average up five or 10 points. So it's, it's again, a pretty low risk pick. And after what we saw last season, I think it's one that you could definitely be fairly comfortable with. Yep. So with that in mind, <laughs> I'm actually super excited by your pick three, because this is one of the more specky picks we've seen in a top five. And I really, really like it. I was it. about to say, we've gone from two quite low risk picks here um, to a specky third. Akesh Makuchut is my number three. So we've got a defender here that's priced at 42 and a half in the official game. The reason why I think this is a really exciting option. So we've had Duffin's retirement and looking somewhat at the books of the most experienced players, here she is. She's got a lot of games under her belt. She could be kind of stepping into that role. She's had a really consistent scoring in season seven. So between, I know this is a fairly wide bracket, but between 35 and 63. So she's kind of priced in the middle of that with a high upside. But I'm also thinking that last year was the first year for the Hawks. They didn't have um, a great game, but now she's coming in, potentially filling a bit of a role in the back line for a round one versus Essendon. And I'm thinking about the round one matchups here, more from a Marrera's Magic point of view. If you've got kind of two second-year clubs going at it, she could be one that breaks out early and maybe she's a bit of more of a cash-gen option, given she has that ceiling rather than a long-termer. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's a really interesting one. And the question I'm going to throw to you to answer, Mel, is does it concern you that she mostly played on the wing last season if she does have to go back to fill a key position spot? Because if she is playing as a genuine key defender, that may limit her scoring. Is that something that you think is possible? Or do you think that they've got more young, tall timber that might take that role and she'll keep playing that running off halfback role? That's a very good question. I am kind of just... Hoping, though, that even if she doesn't get 
the midfield spot that there's enough going on and maybe she's not quite so key position, but there's enough going on in the back line to keep some good scoring. I think that her aerobic capacity was one of her greatest strengths, her ability to run and take marks up that wing. So I think that that role will probably, probably stay. But yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, especially across the practice matches, how Hawthorne are using her. Yeah, I'm going to slap on a customary watch and wait or, you know, watch the Pracky game, see where she plays uh, for this one. Bit disappointing you didn't go straight to a flag for that one. <laughs> watch and wait's my thing, Mel. Yours is flag chat, so. Oh, gosh, it's so early for flag chat, but yes, <laughs> we'll bring it back. <laughs> oh. um, moving away from specky defenders, we got a breakout star from last season, very high draft pick. Who's your number four, Mel? Got to be Jazz Fleming. So what we're really looking for here, I mean, she's just been named co-vice-captain with Batesy, so exciting news here. And from what we've seen for kind of breakout stars before, we've got the row bottoms, we've had the Prosparkuses coming through uh, after a great first season and had uh, first couple of seasons and then getting really uh, into their game style, hoping that this can be Jazz Fleming here, that she's averaged 59 in her first season. Moderate, but... If she can show good things, uh, this could be one of those ones where we see another young player come and just absolutely smash it out of the park. Yeah, and I, I don't mind that because we've seen, you mentioned Prosparcus and Robottom. We've seen that those really high draft picks in the midfield can just go from averaging that 60 in their first season all the way up to, I mean, Prosparcus averaged 95 last season. That's huge. Yeah, I mean, I so, take an 80. <laughs> yeah, and but that's the thing. If she scores an 80, that's a price increase or average increase of 20 points that's massive value and the fact that she's been named co-vice captain as you said she's definitely going to be playing she's definitely going to be in there someone's seeing potential there yeah definitely potential so and for number five you've put in our notes reluctancy to say it which is something i never thought i'd hear about this player we've already talked about her mel number five yeah, so I understand the controversy, controversy here. I've got Batesy, and I thought well, it's not right to not mention Batesy at all. Five, fifth position feels rude, but, you know, when you've got two really exciting no-brainers in um, Stevenson and Luke up the top, I had to chuck in a specky. You've got a breakout in Jazz Fleming. Bates almost has to sit down at number five, but she's in the list. We kind of did a little bit of a review of this when we were doing our trade reviews on Instagram, having a look at how the, the shuffle for a player to a new team is likely to impact their fantasy scoring. And uh, Tag Magnet was kind of the conclusion here in that you've already got – she was. we could already see a, a fall in her fantasy points after she was named best and fairest and then kind of copped a tag off the back of that. If we expect even more tagging now that she's got centre stage in the Hawks midfield, Obviously, amazing player, but is that going to ha- uh, dampen her fantasy scoring even more? If so, while she is an amazing name and a lot of people, especially if you're coming to play fantasy for this first time, she's a name that you know, there's the risk that she's worth more than the potential she's going she's gonna to bring. So I think that if you're someone that's building their team for the first time, especially in the uh, official fantasy game, and you're looking for big names to put in your midfield that you know are going to be good scorers, um, not necessarily value scorers, but going to give you a decent amount of points, then she's one to bring in. But if you're playing more of a Marrera's Magic or if you are looking for potentially a bit more value, then there will be other midfielders to pick. But also Batesy, how good. <laughs> so a Will special, how exciting. I'm loving this format where the host gets to throw in something specky at the end. Will, 
Who do you think that I've missed on the hook? See, mine's not really that specky, and a few of our specials haven't been that specky, but it's a player that we haven't talked about as much, Tilly Lucas Rod. And I love Tilly Lucas Rod. They're a fantastic player, captain for a second season, and I think one of the things that's a bit underrated about them is that they're super consistent. Since round four in season six, they have basically not scored below 70 points. That's nice. Which is consistency that is really, really good. And I think of Tilly Lucas Rod as a player that you're probably more interested in in the official game if you're looking for a unique player. Because mm. I think a lot of people will probably overlook them for probably a player like an Emily Bates, which is probably a bit of a bigger name. But we've talked a little bit in our previous episode about how a lot of the strategy regarding the official game is picking a really good starting team. So something to do that is always really interesting for these games is picking unique players. Because that's a way you can differentiate yourself and get lots of extra points that other people aren't getting. And for me, Tilly Lucas Rod is a perfect example of a player that a lot of people probably won't pick them. And therefore, if they start the year on fire, we saw in season six in particular that they finished the year like a house on fire. Definitely a player that you could put in your team, maybe even as an M3, yep, possibly, depending on how you're structuring it. And I think you could be on a bit of a winner there. Price-wise, they are up there because they're more expensive than Bates. Um, and so it's interesting you've called out specifically the official game strategy where for maybe players coming to it for the first time that are looking for a set-and-forget midfielder from the Hawks to bring into their team for consistent or, or expected known high scoring, there is a – I imagine a lot of people will go Bates, and I reckon if we looked at it right now, Bates is going to be higher owned. But Tilly Lucas what actually fits those criteria better, the uniqueness, the consistency – Higher priced, higher scoring. Um, mm. Yeah, so it's actually a really good, really good call out. I like that one. Yeah, and well, it's actually quite interesting because neither of them are that highly owned as of recording. Mm. Bates is around about 6% and Tilly Lucas Rod's around about 3%. So neither of them are particularly highly owned, but even then it's basically half of the people are picking TLR. Yeah. You've prob- possibly got a bit of a unique one there and I, I don't mind doing that in especially in this official game, because uniqueness is probably what's going to be something we talk about a lot going through the season as players you can target that other people aren't picking that are scoring points. Yeah, love it. Oh, can't wait to start playing and think about uniqueness again. So fun. Oh, absolutely. And I've been known for my uniqueness Mm. throughout our history of this with some of the picks like Amy McDonald. Yeah, they've served you well. And that's why this is a special, because even though we know Tilly Lucas Wright is going to score well, it's a player that's going to score well for not many coaches, and that makes it special. Get on it. Well, we might wrap it there. Hawthorne's going to be a, a super interesting team to watch this year, so go check out our socials to see their predicted best 21, who we think is going to be in that team. We also are going to have heaps more content continuing our Clubs in Day series, so keep your eyes out. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at FreeKickWPod. I've been Will. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at WillH underscore VI. And where can they find you, Mel? I am on Insta and Twitter as HiMelD. Beautiful. Well, it's great to have you back, Mel. We're looking forward to hearing a lot more of you because you're going to be a prominent part of the rest of this series. (laughs) So keep listening in, everyone. We've got so much more content. See you next time. Catch you later. Bye.